Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the Black Sheep Horror Podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. I'm your host, Kyle, with a Kiggity K. And today we have joining me the usual suspects, Brendan, the new blood. Brendan, what's up? Never look in the eyes of those you kill. Um, <laughs> uh, I love it. I'm, uh, oh, I'm doing all right. I've had quite the weekend. Um, had the apartment all to myself. I was all by myself from Friday until now. Um, so I just did nothing but drink and watch. Masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh, oh, you got you got me off with that one. Uh, no, no, no. Anyways, um. So I've been watching a ton of shit. I'm doing series coverage for Horror Obsessive on season two of American Horror Stories. So I rewatched the two new episodes to write about that. Um, the breakout show that I have to talk about that. I cannot believe is as good as I'm going to say it is the uh, the show Pretty Little Liars Original Sin, which I guess has nothing to do with the original show and just takes place in the Pretty Little Liars universe. Um, it is a straight up horror show. It's uh, slasher based uh, kind of gives me like I know what you did last summer vibes. Um, so I'm doing series coverage of that. So I watched the first three articles of that and I'm currently writing about that, but seriously go fucking check it out. At least give the first episode a watch. Cause, um, it's insane. Excuse my ignorance, but is yeah. pretty little liars. The original series, is that a horror show or is that like a, um, I've never watched it, but it was on Freeform TV. Uh, which used to be, um, uh, what channel did that used to be? It's a good question. Maybe, uh, fuck. Um, it, it's basically like CW for teens, the, the freeform mm. channel. Um, I thought so, CW was CW for teens. <laughs> <laughs> um, then this is CW for tweens. Um, gotcha. I, I'm pretty gotcha. sure that Pretty Little Liars is like a drama romance high school show. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, but what's interesting about Pretty Little Liars is where Riverdale, um, which is a show that I fucking despise, and if you like it, you're a goddamn lunatic. Um, <laughs> Pretty Little Liars' original sin gets to be the gritty version of what Riverdale was trying to do, and whereas Riverdale has terrible actors, terrible direction, and looks like it was made by some fucking ai machine uh um riverdale sucks i i don't know where i was going at that with so that. what's your beef with riverdale it's fucking stupid but can you elaborate it's, okay so i mean i've only i've only watched two episodes and i was like that that's more than i need um not only is the the acting terrible and i so i think i might kind of contradict what i said on the uh, the Noah Shark episode, um, mm. whereas I think that's a show that I hate because of how bad I perceive it to be and how much other people like it. And 
I'll, I'll, admi- I'll admit it. I think I hate it because of how popular it is and how stupid I think it is. Hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about that I watched, uh, long-awaited Firewalk With Me. Oh, let's, let's hear it, dude. Let's hear I, it. That movie is a goddamn fever dream. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like if you've never seen a David Lynch movie before, but you're familiar with the weird things that he creates, you could watch Firewalk with me and you would check off every single box on your David Lynch bingo card. It, it has it all. And the most terrifying scene is, is when uh, David Bowie enters as a ghost or he's in the, the well, back. Don't, don't, yeah, yeah. Well, don't spoil t- too much, but okay. Um, yeah. But you, you know, when he's in the office with, yes coop and the other people and then there's that crazy like heroin den scene yeah or whatever that is that freaked me the fuck out that's one of the scariest things i've seen in quite a long time yeah it sucks because like that is a movie that is like extremely well made like that's one of uh lynch's better made movies as far as like cinematography and stuff goes. Mm-hmm. And I can't recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen Twin Peaks because it would just oh. ruin the show. <laughs> so like, yeah. like I, I would recommend it to Ian, for example, to watch, but like it would just completely ruin the show for him. And even if he didn't, like if he didn't watch the show, it wouldn't complement the movie as well. So it's like, it's one of those movies where it's so good, but you can't really, like you could only recommend it to a certain amount of people. Yeah, um, there, a, a question that I, I'll ask this as non-spoilery as possible for people who haven't seen it. Um, uh, Laura's mom, a, after the, the one scene where Laura thinks she sees blank in her bed and then it turns into blank's mm-hmm. face. Um, mm-hmm. the next yeah, you, morning, do you write a note like, oh, thin line, please don't <laughs> spoil anything. <laughs> uh, the, the next, no, the, so the next morning when they're sitting at the breakfast table, yeah. Um Laura's mom is acting like she knows something's going on based off of Laura's reactions, but I couldn't tell if that was just a a choice that David Lynch told them to make. She knows. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she knows. Okay. Yeah. But well, I feel like I've seen the entire movie now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut up. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you watched Firewalk with me. Um, it's. Would you say it's like? <laughs> I, I don't mean to be too dramatic, but would you um, consider it one of like the best prequels? Not like, only, do you think it's a really good prequel film to another source material? Not only is it a good prequel, uh, but I'm glad that it came out after the first after i guess when they assumed that the show had been canceled for good is that correct mm-hmm. yeah um i i think that it's a nice slice of twin peaks and it shows the the idiosyncrasy that like lives in that whole world not yeah. just in twin peaks yes um and, and not only that it's one of the greatest movies ever made um hands down there is no if ands or buts about it um it knocked Pontypool off my uh, letterbox top four. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I'm very excited for you to, to watch the return because it makes Fire Walk with Me so much better than it already is. So I'm ex- so since you like it that much, I'm very excited for you to watch the return. I'm chubbed up. 
Hell yeah. Also with us, we have Ian with two E's. Ian, what's up? Ni hao. What's going on? Oh, no. Okay, okay. Re- redo that <laughs> intro, Kyle. Redo it. And also redo with it. us, we have Ian with two E's. How's it going, little bird? <laughs> that was it. That no, was I, I <laughs> bravo, dude. Five out of five. I I dug it. Um, Wait, is John Void on this cast? Right, I got confused for a second. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my god, so <laughs> how's it going, Ian? It's uh, it's going good. I'm like almost done with my sickness. I'm I'm almost down with it. You know. Oh god, I'm just, I was gonna say it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you did it for me, and that's why this is the best podcast on <laughs> iTunes and Spotify. Please like and subscribe. Rate us. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. I've been, um, just finishing like all over the place. Um, movie wise, um, manga wise, I've been, I've been finishing a lot of, uh, series. Um, I finally finished the Gamera series, all 12 films. All 12 of them. That's impressive. Thank you. Um, the show era was kind of brutal to get through. Not going to lie. It's, um, Mostly shitters, but there are a couple watchable gems in there. Um, and then the Heisei era, which the first three films are just absolutely fantastic. They are the best kaiju films I've seen ever of all time so far. Um, and then the fourth movie um, in the Heisei era, which is um, Gamera the Brave. Um, it's 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 a fine it's a fine exit to to the to the franchise, but. Um, I feel like the third movie could it could end at, at, at the Iris movie, which is fantastic. Um, I also finished the Tomie book that I had, the manga, um, directed by or not directed. <laughs> In a way, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. written by um, Junji Ito, and now I'm on a, an absolute um, run of his things, is his his novels. Um, I just bought two more books. Uzumaki and um, yeah. uh, which other one? I don't know which other one that that just came out. But um, I'm finishing. I'm halfway through Goyo um, or Goyo, uh, which is like a it's it's a, it's about um, uh, fishes that um, have like this contraption up on the bottom of them that allows them to uh, uh, surface on land, and their odor is so terrible that it's it's it, it's getting people sick and it's it's not good it's not good stuff um but that it, it it's it's an all right book it's an all right book um but the tomie series was was absolutely fantastic absolutely fantastic um can i ask you a question about that real quick yeah yeah um have you have you gotten through the uh, enigma of amigara fault yet no oh i you have to tell me after you after you read that one that is my all-time favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna collect all of them and buy all of them and and read all of them because nice. I, i'm just obsessive over Junji Ito right now <laughs> he his art style is so fantastic and it's given me a lot of inspiration for a lot of things and um yeah his, his imagery is and his his he just writes really well done stories um yeah and it is his lore too i don't know just just great ideas great imagery um i love him absolutely love him 
Um, and then the last one I want to talk about is 2LDK, which is um, a conjointed um, movie. It's, it's, um, shoot, hold on, give me one second. <laughs> It is the dual production. Uh, the producer went out on a night of drinking with these two directors. He then challenged both of them to um, see who could make the better film with uh, under stipulations, which is uh, uh, two actors in a secluded um, environment um, battling. And there are two movies, 2LDK and Arugami. I watched both of them, and 2LDK is absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend that movie. Um, they're both very short and sweet. Uh, yeah. Is that, is that streaming anywhere? Uh, I bought the Unearthed Films Blu-ray of it. Um, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Gotcha. Yeah, there's like a lot of films that I see you post on Letterboxd and stuff that um, I would be interested in watching, and 99% of them are not available anywhere. Like, you have to buy them, and that's the only way. And then I would say 60% of them are like you can't buy them. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a rough one. Uh, At least two, you can, though. You can buy, there's a DVD um, pack of both. And um, 2LDK, which is the better film, is, uh, is uh, on Blu-ray. Cool. I gotcha. really want to see that. What I also want to kind of get uh, some... Um, I don't know. I kind of want to bring it in a little bit and just see where you're at. Because I feel like Mike is feeling a little neglected by you. I am. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to know if you have any kind words to say. And like maybe just, just check in with your boy. I was going to bring it up. I, I was very sick last episode. My mind wasn't all there. The outro was, was not ideal, and I didn't even mention Michael. I'm sorry to Michael, whatever your last name is, uh, and to just all of Alaska, to the state of Alaska, I am sorry. Um, <laughs> your, your tribute was unnoticed and unrecognized. I apologize. I'm glad we could, I'm glad we cleared that up. You know, you, you know what I, I just too. thought. I too. What if Mike was Sarah Palin's autistic son? <laughs> <laughs> Something you also didn't um, mention, Brennan. You didn't mention Murder House, dude. Oh shit! There's been a game that you uh, re recently purchased and uh, played. I want to know what you think about it. I played that movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You played that movie directed by that guy. <laughs> directed by that guy. Um, I played that game. I uh, downloaded it, waited till midnight, shut all the lights off, was uh, having a few tall glasses of water. Um, and that, that game was so fun. I, yeah, I, dude, this, this developer puppet combo is fantastic. And I know I'm late to the party because they've been making games for like a year or two now, but they've recently just started putting their games on console. And they are a 100% throwback to 90s survival horror games. If you're a 90s kid, you will just, the nostalgia will be running through your veins. And not only that, but like 
the soundtrack are dude they have like a really mm-hmm. great soundtrack <laughs> the gameplay is awesome the story's cool um they're little bite-sized horror stories for like really cheap like i think the most recent one um nun massacre was on sale for like three dollars it it uh it still is <laughs> until the fourth i i have to buy that one it, yeah and it's an absolute banger and they do throwbacks like the last two murder house is like an 80s throwback and nun massacre is like a 70s throwback and they're making a new one that takes place in like new york like a new york uh like jack the ripper who's going through and just killing a bunch of chicks um dude i yeah i love these guys and i just wanted to give a shout out to them because they're awesome although i will just say the one issue i had with murder house um was the one of the last things you have to do is uh play a song on the piano mm-hmm. um and I searched the house over and over and over again. And a- after I beat the game, I watched um, a playthrough of that section. And there was a note that you're supposed to, I-, I think it's a note that you get that has the mm-hmm. piano thing on it. Yeah. That note was not there for me. I even, I went back to that save spot um, to that. Or, yeah. To that, that, to that save spot. And, um, it just wasn't there and I had to quit the game and reload it three times just to get the actual piano combination to work for me. Yeah. I, um, that's the only part of the game I had to use a, a guide for. Yeah. yeah um, but I, a multiplayer game or a single player? No, it's a single player game. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole, the whole save aspect of it, where you have to find a pencil if you want to save, that mm-hmm. really added a lot of uh, terror and suspense for me. At yeah, least. very old school, like Resident Evil One. You need an ink ribbon to save on the typewriter. Like you need that item to save. Like you have yeah. limited saves, and you have to like choose when you want to use it. It's like, yeah, it's great. I love it. And that if you wait too long, you die, and you're sent back a fucking hour. So exactly, exactly. Uh, what about what have, yeah. I finally got around to Midnight Mass, and I think that show is really, really good. Um, it's fantastic, and it's it gets it's hard to talk about what I like about it without spoiling it, which sucks because I would go in depth right now about why I like it. But what I could say is um, they analyze like religion and just the perception of people that are, you know, outside looking into people that are really into religion, family members. Um, just, uh, I, I can't talk about the horror aspects of it <laughs> without, without ruining it. But, um, it's I get that. yeah it's it's really hard but it's really really good it's seven episodes and it ramps up beautifully in my opinion i did think the last episode i think it ended a little differently than i would have liked it to but it was still a fitting ending for the show and um if it wasn't for that i probably would have given it a five out of five honestly but um the ending was a little different than i would have liked it to be and where I thought it was actually kind of going and playing out, but it was still, um, absolutely fantastic. And again, I know I'm late to the party, but go watch midnight mass and 
God, I want to say I want to say what I like about it. Like the, the I can't though. It's um, been two years. Oh no, it's actually, it's only been, it's it. only been one year. I don't want to ruin it for Ian either though, because there's but like the the thing that happened the, the, the thing at the end is cool. It looks awesome, and like the thing that happens is awesome. And okay, that, I can That's all I can say. Um, I recently also got the. Uh, Scream Factory Halloween 4K collection. Oh yeah. And it came with Halloween 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5 in on 4K. Uh it came with um an exclusive uh vinyl for Halloween 1, 2 and 3. And it came with five posters of Halloween 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5, all of the um unique cover arts they got made for the Scream Factory limited edition. Um, movies and um, I've watched one and two recently, so I put in three last night. It's been I so three is one of those movies where um, I've only seen it in bits and pieces. Uh, growing up, I've never like sat through and watched it from beginning to end in one like continued view. Um, this movie has one of the best. I know this is going to sound crazy, but it has one of the best scores from John Carpenter for sure. I um, agree. Yeah, it, the soundtrack is fantastic. The problem is with me is the story is very boring and uh, it's a mess. It's a uh, mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, but there are very um, there are very strong points throughout the movie. Uh, one scene in particular the chasing in the hospital is it's it's gorgeous dude it's actually gorgeous um this guy directed the it with tim curry or tim curry i think um but yeah no he he did a good job with it the i like how john carpenter's idea was to make an anthology film after halloween 2 and he wanted to make a new Halloween on Halloween every year and it'd be just a different horror story that takes place on Halloween. So I like it. My distaste for this movie has nothing to do with the fact that Michael Myers was not in it at all. Um, it's just for the first entry into what could have been a really good anthology kind of series. I just didn't think the story was very interesting. And I didn't like the main character very much. Tom Atkins is fucking weird. Oh, <laughs> I, know, I know that's... Hard, like I know that's a big thing to say in the horror community because everybody like fucking loves him, but uh, he's kind of a weird dude. <laughs> I like him, but he's such a creep in that movie. Yeah, he is a fucking creep in that movie. He's banging everybody. Nah, like he's, the, he's a Chad man, dude. And the chick is like he's an old I Chad. Came, it's weird. I came here to find who killed my papa, and then he and then like he sex thirty <laughs> minutes later, he's banging her with like a six pack of Budweiser on the table oh, next to him. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now, but. It was all right, and it was fine. It, it was very mid. It's very what I thought it was could it be, and what I re- remembered it in my mind growing up. But um, yeah, it was fine. Now, not to go back to Rob Zombie, but I do want to just yes. get one little. T- <laughs> I do want to get one little touching point with Brendan real quick, and Ian, you're more than welcome to also uh, chime in if you'd like. What do you think about the monsters going to Netflix, and do you think that this was? a plan from the very beginning yes. because I'm kind of feeling like it wasn't. I, I have a feeling that they were either going to do a very limited theatrical run or go right to VOD. 
Um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I would have liked to see it in theaters, obviously. Um, but I'm just happy at the end of the day that we're getting another Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, I, I just, I guess what I don't like about it is everybody who keeps talking shit about that movie is using it as like ammunition. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, see, I told you this. I guarantee you it's because it sucks so bad. They decided last minute to put it to like a streaming service. And maybe that is true. But like, I don't know. I just the distaste for it and like the it's harshness. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, we get it. At least in my eyes. I just I'm, I'm kind of over it. I just want to watch the movie. I think I'm actually going to buy it, too. Because I, 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 yeah, I think I'm going to as well. Yeah, because I hate I hate. Netflix, so I would rather just buy the film. Yeah. Um, you got any input on that? Nope. Okay. I didn't think so, so I just wanted to Wait, run so, it by uh, just in case. Um, you, so you know how it's being made, this will be quick, how it's being made by Universal, correct? I think so. Yeah, or yeah, so yeah, it is. It's it being is. made by the Universal subsidiary 1440, and the majority of the movies that 1440 makes are third or fourth sequels in a franchise shitty movies they did uh scorpion uh scorpion king uh they did movies like that so i kind of feel like they've been trying to give rob zombie like the raw end of the stick the whole fucking time hmm. loki scorpion king's a good movie too um it, no not loki it is just a good movie the one with the, the rock yeah no the the one after that i'm i'm so it was the one after the, the third one where the they started to get like real shitty, like obviously shitty. Yeah, like once Jet Li joins the franchise. <laughs> oh, you're talking the mummy. That's the mummy. Well, that's the mummy. Yeah. yeah. But um, the first Scorpion King, the like the first spinoff they did after the mummy two, I think that movie's it, it, it's entertaining. It's I fun. Like it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I want to get your guys' input on this as well. And Ian, again, if you'd like to chime in, please do so. But Jeepers Creepers. Uh, um, I had goosebumps during that trailer, Kyle. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Were you Good. afraid you were going to get raped by Victor Silva? No, but... Um, so, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to comment on that. I, uh, <laughs> when Jeepers Creepers first came out, I loved it. And I still like the movie. I have a lot of nostalgia for that movie. Um, I was like 11 or 12 when it came out, and I thought it was really cool. I always liked the Creeper guy. I thought he was a cool monster. Um, I thought it was a really fun horror movie. Um, two, I didn't like as much. It was I could take it or leave it. And then three was just god-awful. But I was late to the party about knowing about Victor Salva, um, which, just to give you guys... A heads up for the people that don't know, because I didn't know for the longest time. Uh, Victor Salva was convicted of or convicted of uh, sexual abuse of a 12-year-old in 1988. Uh, he served 15 months of a three-year sentence, but he returned to filmmaking shortly afterwards. And then Salva's conviction was never a secret that much because social media helped spread awareness by the time the third Jeepers Creepers movie came out, which at this point I still didn't know. Like I was very late. Like I I genuinely found this out like a year or two ago. So many have taken to Twitter to say they will never support this franchise ever again, even though the director has publicly spoken out, the director of the new one, um, has publicly spoken out saying Victor Salva is in no way associated with the production. Not, he's not going to benefit from it in any way. Um, this 
script and story. Everything is completely new creations. So I guess my question, like I can understand people's resentment towards the older films, but with Victor Silva not being tied to it in any way, allegedly, you know, do you think the new creators behind the new trilogy, because it is going to be a trilogy apparently, uh, do you think the creators behind the new trilogy going forward deserve the backlash from individuals stating the franchise shouldn't continue? Yes. Definitely not. Brennan, why? Um, so I'll, I'll concede on the point with where you said that you really like the, the first one. I think that the first one is an amazing piece of horror. It terrified me as a kid. Um, yes. Yeah, the second one is garbage. There is no need for a third one. So the, the fact that cause this was created by Victor Salvia um, and no matter how you look at it, he has benefited from this production because he either a still owns rights to the character of the creeper. So he'll be getting, um, he'll be getting, uh, I almost said back shots. Jesus Christ. Um, so he won't be getting any like residual, residual whatever they call it. Yeah. Like he won't apparently. But so then all. that, so then the other thing means that whichever company owns the IP behind it, paid him out of the IP so that they could remake it. So he's still benefiting off them remaking this movie. That's fair. Ian, talk to me. That would be fair. Yeah, if he's getting paid, then, then that's not good. But uh, if he's has nothing to do with it and he's not getting paid a single dime, then I think that someone trying to revise um, this beloved... Um, Creature is uh, is fair game. That's a good point that you made, Brennan. Because to me, I feel like um, the Cheapers Creepers universe, I guess you could say, like the lore to it, is really cool, and I really think it's a cool horror property. It just sucks that these new creators that are trying to carry the vision forward in their own way that are probably fans of it um, won't get compensated and will probably... They're going to take the hit for Victor's past. And so I can see Victor getting paid out for it, though. So what I was going to say is, to your point... Victor getting paid out for it. If he did, yeah, that sucks. And I could see why people wouldn't support this continuing if that was the case. Um, but I just, I feel bad for the current creators that want to make a new, you know, Jeepers Creepers but, film that have nothing to do with Victor and are just trying to make a new horror film. Um, I see both, uh, both sides of it, honestly. But I'm going to watch this movie. Um, I think it looks really good, actually. Um, you guys... Saw the trailer. What do you guys think of how it looks? I think it looks fantastic. Uh, I I will be watching this a hundred percent. It's it's very modern. Um, I think the scares are going to be pretty good. Uh, I don't think it didn't look very low budget to me, at least. Um, so yeah. What about you, Brendan? Do you plan on seeing this? Uh, I thought it, the trailer looked fine. Um, if it's on streaming. 
right away. I'll watch it. I'm not going to go to the theaters to see this movie. Um, no, me neither. They're doing like a two or three day. Uh, what do they call it? Like those. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, a, a three day special event or whatever. Yes. Yeah, special event thing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to that, but if it ever comes on streaming services, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Dude, but today, <laughs> <laughs> but today we are covering the 1997 film Anaconda. Good year. Great year. Directed by Louis Losa, it focuses on a documentary film crew in the Amazon rainforest that is captured by a snake hunter who is hunting down a giant legendary green anaconda. The film received mostly negative reviews, but was a box office, box office excuse me, success, growing $136 million worldwide against only a $45 million budget, and also became a cult classic. It was followed by a series of films. I think there's like four or five of them now. I could be wrong, but... Anaconda, guys. Let's talk about it. Ian, I'm going to throw it over to you first. What are your thoughts on the 1997 film Anaconda? Um, I watched this on Netflix before it um, disappears today. Um, my mom was it is a massive fan of JLo, so obviously she loves this movie and any other movie that she she's in. Um, so I was shown this at a pretty young age. Nice. Um, Obviously thought it was a pretty good film. Um, watching it now, I think that it does have that like 90s feel of... Um, I don't, there, there was just this 90s thing that most of these monster movies had, like The Relic, um, The Mimic. Um, what was that movie we just did? Uh, Deep Blue Sea. Um, they all have like the same vibe of like some, a group of people discovering something mythical, something magical. And I don't know if it's the score or the, the way the movie plays out or the characters, but, um, it just has this feel, this nostalgic feel to it. And can um, I interrupt you for just a second? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just, just to what you're saying, I feel like that the 90s is almost like the decade of like adventure horror oh yeah big on adventure definitely yeah. the mummy oh, yeah 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 it's 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 it was a great time for for adventure films and um this this has it this has it um where it fails in my opinion is being something more than just monster versus a cast um the cast is weird. We'll get into it, but I I I got an opinion on it. It, it, it it's just a weird cast. Um, I would add this to my collection, and there there is like a um four there there is a box set um of the four movies, four or three movies. Um, box yeah, box set. Uh, and, I'm um, <laughs> I would one hundred percent pick yeah, that up, and I might awesome. pick that up. That's actually awesome. Brendan, let's start over to you. What do you think of the 1997 film Anaconda? Uh, oh, God. Um, this movie was more difficult for me to get through than Deep Blue Sea. Uh, I've watched it three times in the past day because I've fallen asleep each time. Um, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, this movie made me fall asleep. Like, I legitimately passed out each time I watched it. Um, 
I have no connection to this movie whatsoever. Um, my favorite character died within the first two minutes. So I kind of just said, fuck it at that point and gave up. Um, I streamed, streamed it on Netflix. Danny Trejo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I streamed it on Netflix. I would in no way, shape or form add this to my collection. Yeah, to Ian's point, this is very much like, I feel like a lot of the 90s horror movies are very like copy-paste, but insert shark, copy-paste, but insert snake, copy-paste, but insert, you know, fucking mm -hmm. um, monkey. Crocodile, yeah. Monkey? <laughs> hey, you haven't seen Congo, dude. <laughs> we, should, we should cover it. but Because um, it's just like this, but with the a fucking monkey. Um, yeah, so I saw this movie in theaters. I was really young, but uh, it was one of those um movies growing up where it was always playing every weekend on like TNT every weekend and um it was really popular people you know people really enjoyed it i remember like it was a big like you know uh summer popcorn flick when it came out but i had the vhs of it back in the day uh this movie is like comfort food for me i don't high or I don't hold it in as high regard as like Deep Blue Sea as like my nostalgia hit, but it's definitely one that I owned and I watched. Like I've probably seen it like a little over 10 times in my life. Um, just from various viewings of the VHS or it being on TV. And uh, to me, this movie actually holds up better than Deep Blue Sea, but I think it's only because it tries to keep it simple and it gives itself less opportunity to mess up. I think really the only parts that it does mess up is with the characters. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, the snake itself... Well, I, we'll get into that. Um, I, I enjoy it, though. And uh, like I said, it's one of those movies that I could put on in the background and just kind of you know, taken as comfort food. I do own the film on Blu-ray. I got it at uh, Zia Records for like 3 or $4. And to me, that's completely worth it. But Ian, talk to me about the characters. He said you got a problem with them. Is, oh, thank God. Holy. Uh, talk to me about them. <clears throat> it's, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like, they have a stacked cast of... They like, do have a stacked cast, actually. Of not the greatest actors like ice cube just plays himself which to be fair he plays himself is in most movies but this one right. he, he just plays ice cube like he's from la he's a rapper he i think he plays his own song in in, in the film and no i don't uh, think he does he doesn't <laughs> no but i get what you're saying i get, um, I, get I get what you're saying owen wilson's character he He's like nothing. He's such a nothing character. He has he has no personality whatsoever. He just he's there to die, right? He's he's there to be the guy in the script that becomes the traitor. Yeah, and it's not even yeah. like yeah, what the fuck? Was he doesn't that? even have early lines that indicates that he's like a good guy or bad guy. He's like, oh man, I don't know if it's the jungle or not, but this just makes me so horny. <laughs> it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they had a real like problem they're like should we make this guy the asshole or the comic relief i'm not too sure what this guy's supposed to be yeah his lines are they're not funny they're 
I don't, and he's not like a big asshole. I don't know. I don't know. And then John Voight's character, my God, what what is that accent? What is that accent? I have, is this racist? I have a kind of a love hate -hate relationship because his accent's bad. His his acting is bad. I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but this role. No, he's is a just, great actor. Uh, he's a great actor, but this was just terrible. It's a bad role, man. It's I saw a, a lot look. of people on Letterbox stating that it was intentional, and he's the best B movie villain of all time. He what makes a mark for sure. Um, his facial expressions are <laughs> something. <laughs> Dom and I were laughing a few times, yeah. It's almost as if wherever they were filming was too bright outside, but they wouldn't let him put sunglasses on. So he's just squinting the whole time because he can't fucking see what's happening. Dude, Dom absolutely hated this film. (laughs) Um, Danny Trejo, though, getting killed off in the first two minutes. And let me say, young Danny Trejo? He's a stud, dude. That guy's a stud. And I I didn't even notice it at first. Yeah, like I didn't know he was in this movie. He he still had his his uh prison body back then, so like he was still, you know, ripped. And uh, I wish he would have taken his shirt off earlier. Um, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> I wish he had lines. Yeah. <laughs> other than like, other than smacking the radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's fucking muttering in Spanish. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, there you were you were talking about Owen Wilson, and we all know he has a very distinct voice, I would say. But it sounded like when he was doing the ADR for this movie, he had a terrible cold. Yeah. Did I, did anyone else pick that up, or was it just me? It sounded like him to me. Oh, okay, there are some know. lines where um, he makes that um, switch where he's on uh, John Voight's side. Where he's like, he's the man, you know. We got to get through this jungle, and he does sound like he has a cold. I mean, to be fair, yeah, that's just sound. That's just like how he sounds. I think. No, that, that, <laughs> no I, I totally he sounds that. like his nose is always pinned shut. But <laughs> God's been trying to kill him for a while. Ooh. Um, wait. In okay, I I don't know about about you guys, but watching movies like this because movies nowadays have uh a lot more representation in their cast. Um, whenever I watch movies like this, I always forgot that a movie used to be like three white guys, two white girls, and then just the black guy that that says a few lines but has nothing to really do. I feel like at least I was I'm, I was thinking I'm, this. No, I'm I, glad I, that they at least yeah. gave Ice T, Ice Cube, Jesus Christ, Ice Cube, um, like some substance in his character rather than him just being the the guy that cracks jokes and then gets fucking yacked right away. Well, yeah, for as much as <laughs> for as racist as John Voight's character was, <laughs> I actually love the fact that Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube were the main characters, and they didn't yeah. make like Owen Wilson and. Jennifer Lopez, the main character. Yeah, J Lo's acting wasn't bad. J Lo's she, she probably good. had the best acting of the film. If I'm, yeah, I'm she's good. She's good. She's got, she's got body karate. She does have body and karate. She's a great actress, Brendan. Yeah, I guess. And she's hot as fuck. She's but, hot. And, and her music. Oh my god. 
so let's so let's talk about what we all came here for, guys. Let's talk about the snake. Let's talk about the anaconda. Um, which is actually shout out to Frank Welker, who voices the anaconda. Freddy. Freddy. From Scooby Doo. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Good Frank shit. Welker. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Oh, also, just so we can kind of before we get to the snake, Jonathan Hyde. Warren's character where he plays the typical British stuck up guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was also in the mummy prior to this. So yes. oh, yeah, he God. played the same character in the mummy. <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh my God. Look, the exact same like, character. He plays like a mix between the lawyer and Jurassic park and then the, the, the dude in the mummy. Yeah. So, uh, whatever he's worth, but he wants to just make, he was in there. <laughs> Yeah, he was in there, and that and that other dude who sleeps through the entire movie, Eric Stoltz, okay, he's in there too. He's oh yeah, yeah, he, he's he, that man cannot get a leading role to save his fucking life, and I feel so bad for him. What else is he in? Because he's super uh, familiar. He's, uh, Pulp Fiction. He plays the drug dealer where Mia has to get the adrenaline shot in her heart. Right. Um, but so, he, was, he was also the original Marty McFly, and after a week of shooting, they cut him out and went with uh, uh, Shaky Boy. What's his name? <laughs> Shaky Boy! <laughs> Jesus! I, I, I forgot this name. He does look exactly like Michael J. Fox. Okay, shout out, though, to... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> shout out, though, to Some Kind of Wonderful. It's a 1987 film, um, and he stars in it. He's he's the main lead in it, and it is a great '80s teen film. So, if you want to watch more with him, and you want to watch something that's uh, starring him, watch that movie. It's absolutely fantastic. He doesn't get stung by a wasp a quarter of the way through, and then he does, but it's it plays out a little differently. Okay. okay, okay. See, okay, that that makes no sense to me. John Boy put the wasp in there. I know, but how the how do you get a wasp? I didn't. Okay. In a scuba air CO2 container. How did he, he know? He had a snorkel on. He had a yeah, snorkel. He, he, yeah, he put it in the snorkel. Okay, so he waited until he got all the way down to the bottom until he cut the fucking rope off the, to then take a breath. Yeah, come on. Well, no, I mean, to be fair, the, uh, the, the bug was probably like making its way down into like down as the he was snorkel sucking. as he was sucking. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then like eventually got to, to the point where. He either lets his bug in his mouth, or he keeps it closed and he drowns. You know, or he just takes the fucking thing off, <laughs> or, or, or he just he surfaces because he's five yeah, feet from the surface of the water. Yeah, it's like knee deep water at that point. So <laughs> there's ten thousand ways to die in this jungle, and one of them's in your snorkel. <laughs> um, snake anaconda. What do you guys think of the practical effects, the CG effects, and just the overall kills? What do you guys think? I like the snake. Um, I do. I, I like when it opens its mouth and it kind of looks like a vagina. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I don't know if that's accurate, but um, I would pipe that snake. You're not going to lie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let me compose myself. Um, I, there is a pretty good kill. Um, one of my favorites is the waterfall scene where... Um, the where uh, the vagina catches him as he jumps <laughs> jonathan hyde jumps off the waterfall and the vagina catches him and like kind of twirls him back up that was sure. a cool kill that 
that was a cool kill. I know it's like a bit on the more on the CGI side, but um, I don't know. It just looks really good, and it's it was very memorable to me. But that was it. What's up, Brandon? Uh, Snake, talk to me. Talk to me about the Jenna. I. <laughs> Well, you see, it's made up of uh, of a few parts. Uh, the outside is no. Um, uh, I for nineteen ninety seven, it looks fine. It definitely does not hold up now. The CG or the the practical, the practical looks so bad. Um, I don't think they, so. I don't think it looks that bad. Yeah, I, I don't think it looks that bad either. Like it, it was just if you're gonna put if you're gonna make the majority of your kills CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about you know the Owen Wilson one, the the British dude, um, and you're making a big budget movie. I mean, because think Matrix is two years after this, <laughs> and the first Matrix holds up very well. It's just like, granted, it would have been a little more difficult, but they had basically the technology to make it look good, and it just felt really rushed and half-assed i i i do not think that the snake looked very good although the 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 uh when he uh when he when he swallows up john void i really like that shot of like the inside the snake oh yeah you see the inner linings of the vagina yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> i think that like the 90s was a, like a very transitional period for cg though like they were really fucking with it and I, like i don't think it really took hold until like nine, like the turn of the millennium. Um, so at the time with the budget, 1996, you got to figure it was filmed. Um, I think, I think they did a fairly good job. Like, obviously it looks CG. You can tell um, for a mid nineties movie, or I guess it's not mid nineties, but it's, it's not terrible. It's not terrible though. You know? For, for, for people who were still wearing Jenko jeans, it's fine. Right? And now the Jenko jeans are back. Yeah, they are. Bring back um, Anaconda. I think what helps a lot is the sound design of the snake. Though unrealistic, although, although I don't know, I've never seen an Anaconda. I don't know what it sounds like. I don't know what it sounds like, but um, it like makes this screaming noise, which mm-hmm. is um, really creepy, and um, I like that quite a bit. I will say the one CG part that looked like in like really 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 bad is when it did the underwater shot and it had like Owen Wilson's body in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was you could see yeah. the outline. That was obviously bad. Um, and the the uh, practical snake looked like a you know a a fake snake, but it was I was I don't know, man. I the mouth shots are good. Yeah, yeah, like something he ends about up him, animal. I can't. I don't know, man. I can't fully shit on the snake in this. I can't. I just don't think it's that bad. Um, and I think a lot of the kills are interesting, and I think the way they like, the way they utilize the snake to like enter and exit scenes and combat these guys is actually really good. It's done well. I will agree um, for what it's for what it is. Yeah, I can yeah, agree with the that. way they, the snake entangles people, though it's like obviously computer generated and, and doesn't hold up. I, I still think it looks the like, scenario is cool, satisfying. Right? Yeah, I think the, it's scenario. the scenario. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll agree yeah. with that. I also like seeing John Voight covered in goo. Yeah, that's face. <laughs> oh, and you see, he still fucking winks at her. <laughs> what he winks? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ! What a creep. <laughs> 
I have an inconsistency, inconsistent uh, shot I have to call out, and that's when towards the end, um, after they blow the snake up and they're reversing the boat to leave, they literally just replay they rewind the shot of the boat driving into the thing and you could tell because the waterfall is going up it's going backwards that's check, awesome dude check this shot out because i was watching and i was like wait what the fuck and i was like i rewinded it and dom was like what are you looking at? i was like yo i think they just rewound the shot to make the boat look like it was going backwards and then we looked and yeah the, the waterfall is clearly just going up it's it's clearly going backwards and uh I don't know how he didn't think anyone wouldn't notice that, but I guess I think well right now. So I mean, I didn't this, this was yeah. a movie that was made for you to go and neck your with money. your neck, neck with your yeah. girlfriend in junior high, or no, or just like this was a movie because this was PG thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. This was a movie where the dads, the nineties dads, in flip flop sandals, yeah. shorts. And they're fucking, they're fucking hat, their new balance shoes. Their new balance took, shoes. Took like they're like, you know what? I want to go see a movie, and I fucking have to bring my family with me. And this is one that looks decent, and I could bring my kids to. And him and his fucking five kids and his shitty fucking wife that just nags at him all the fucking time about everything. This was the movie they went out and saw, and people and- dug it. And you know, like no one wanted to go, so it was like twenty minutes before showtime. The dad's standing at the front door. Come on, kids, let's fucking go. We're going exactly. to see Anaconda. Exactly. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Exactly. I don't you can know, get one cast, small popcorn with the stack casts. It's it's hard to not want to go see this. Yeah, John Voight was coming right off of Mission Impossible One with this one. So yeah, John Voight, Ice Cube, J Lo. J Lo is probably. The second biggest artist. And also, this just goes back to the point in the Deep Blue Sea episode where I was saying that it wasn't really that random to have yeah. a little Cool J in the film because they were all kind of doing it at this point. But, um, all right, do you guys have anything else you want to cover or do you want to get into final thoughts and rating? Um, th- there was one really funny moment when uh, um, John Voight slaps the British dude. <laughs> and he says, thank you? <laughs> I don't remember, but he's like, uh, I, I think he, he says it's after John Voight, I think, gets out of like the ropes and he's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to drive the boat or maybe it's before that. He's saying, uh, I'm going to take over the boat now in the British guys like pretty much like no. And John Voight just gives him a double bitch slap. Um, <laughs> that was at, there needs to be a gif of that or something. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not. What was the decision behind? having John Voight's character ask for help for every single thing he did. Do you think that added to like him being the villain or Wait, what do you was mean? It, like oh, yeah, whatever he does, whatever he does, he asks for support. Um, I think you guys noticed that or no? Yeah. I think like, that maybe I come mean, on, help. he was pretty like if you notice every person he asked for help gets killed. So I think he was using them as bait essentially yeah. to capture this snake. Because mm, okay. when he says, because when he says, like, when he's talking to Owen Wilson's character, and he's like, "Yeah, I want to capture an anaconda or whatever, but you can't do it alone. You need a partner." And he says that to him. Mm-hmm. I think it's because he he essentially uses one, and that's what he does at the very end. He throws the monkey blood on those two people and uses them as bait. And then as soon as the snake kind of pops out, that's when he tries to go for it. 
True. And when they're setting up the dynamite, Noah Wilson comes up and he's like, I think there's something down there, man. He's like, and John Boyd's like, I know there is. He's yeah. like, no, I'm serious. He's like, I'm serious too. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's probably what it was. But uh, Ian, I, Ian, I'm glad you brought that up though. Cause that is something that I noticed that in hindsight, that makes sense. I was questioning why he kept asking people to help him with things, but that that's actually a, a really good way to look at it. Yeah, he was using them as bait. I, I just thought it was um, the sort of scenario where it's like, if I'm getting in trouble, it, the blame's not going to be on fully on me, you know? Like, yeah. you helped me. Another question. John Voight's character was found on a broken, damaged boat. Do you think he did this to another crew? To another crew? Yeah, like, do you think this was like a similar situation where he hitched a ride with another crew to use their boat, use their materials, use these people to try to capture the Anaconda. They all got killed, and that's when, like, that's when they found him. I don't think so. Because no, I think it was just his boat. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think Mateo probably told him and Danny Trejo what was happening, um, and John Voigt was set up there to kind of uh, use, as Ian said, use, use them as bait, more or less. That was me, but go ahead. <laughs> No, Ian, Ian said to use him, right? That was Kyle. <laughs> uh, that was me. Okay. It's okay. Well, I didn't take credit for it. It's fine. <laughs> like someone said. No, it's all good. But yeah, no, that's okay. I was just throwing it out there as a maybe. But that makes sense. I think, yeah. I think we're done here. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> so I threw it over to Ian first. So I'm going to switch it over to Brennan. Brennan, final thoughts and review for Anaconda 1997. This conversation has been a good example of how you can learn from just having common discourse with people. So initially I had planned on giving this a, uh, a two-star but you guys have kind of uh, some of the stuff that you talked about has made me look at it a little bit differently. And while I did think that the movie was somewhat boring, I think I might go back and rewatch it after this conversation. So I'm going to actually bump it up to a two and a half. Nice. Okay. I'll take it. Two and a half. Ian, thoughts, Anaconda 1997. Give it to me highly nostalgic 90s film mm -hmm. i think if you're watching you're, if you're going through the 90s monster movies this is this is one towards the top i i, I do think so um it, it's definitely made for that that you know single dad or you know the the um the the not so great family not, not so connected family to just go out and and uh, watch it in theaters and and hopefully have a good time. This is this is a movie that's made for those people, and um, it's not a bad film. It's not a totally bad film. <laughs> um, I do really like the score. I think in the beginning, um, I wrote down that the the score was kind of like uh, it reminded me of uh, what was it, Lion King. It it definitely had some some good vibes. Um, it's a fun movie to watch. Uh, the characters really just drive it home that it's it's not a very serious film. But um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a, a three and a heart. Three and a heart. Three and a heart. All right. All right. Um, very. I, I mirror everything you just said, so I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to give this movie a three and a heart as well. 
Nice. So that being said, the official ruminations of Red Room score is a 2.8. So we're going to round that up or should we round it down? Should we go 2.5 or 3? I'll let you guys decide. Uh, you can round it up. <laughs> you heard it. Three with a heart is what Anaconda is getting. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take this moment to take a quick ruminations of Red Room official thick piss break. We will be back after these words from the Ruminations Radio Network. What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at Ruminations Radio Network. Com. And we're back. We hope God, you enjoyed that. Those wonderful words from the Ruminations Radio Network. Now it's time for your favorite game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? We end every episode with fresh or rotten. RottenTomatoes.com uses a 100-point scale. Any film rated 60% or higher is considered fresh, and anything 59% or below is considered rotten. My co-hosts have to determine if a movie is fresh or rotten based on hearing a description of the film. They guess correctly, they receive a point, and move on to round two. They then have to guess what the percentage is, and if they are within 10% of the audience score listed Aww. on Rotten Tomatoes, they receive a second point. Gentlemen, Come are on. you ready? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am. At a distant Arctic missile base where a UFO has crashed, the frozen body of the pilot is taken to base headquarters where it is at inadvertently thought out. The alien escapes into the snowy wastes and proceeds to wreak murderous havoc all over the base. Genre, horror, science fiction. This has to be the thing prequel. I'm going run. I don't know which one it is. Um, I'm going to say fresh. It is in fact fresh. Brendan, guess the percentage. Well, if it's, it's the second one, I know that that's high critics and audience. Um, I'm going to say 80. Brendan gets awarded the second point up on the board with two. Ooh, what is this? It is directed by Christian Neby. It is the 1951 film, The Thing from Another World, at oh 73% with 7K plus ratings. His highest rated film is The Thing from Another World, 1951. I was thinking it was the third one. Forget that's a thing. It's a thing. You guys it, ready for number two? It is a thing. <laughs> Alice is an amb- ambitious cam girl who one day discovers she's been replaced on her show with an exact replica of herself. As this copy begins to push the boundaries of Alice's internet identity, the control that Alice has over her life and the men in it vanishes. 
While she struggles to regain what she's lost, she slowly finds herself drawn back to her show and to the mysterious person who has taken her place. Genre is horror, mystery, suspense. I love this movie. Ian, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I, I know critics love this movie, but audiences hate this movie. Um, so it's rotten. I know that for a fact. Uh, or am I just fucking with you? I'm sinking with the ship. Rotten. <laughs> and, Brennan, you said what? Oh, I said rotten. You guys are both correct. It is rotten. Guess the percentage. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Let me give Brennan the advantage. Um... See, let's see, let's see. Think, think. 50. I'm going to go 45. Ian gets awarded the second point. It is at 56% with 981 ratings. It is the... 2018 film Cam, directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Highest rated film is Cam at a 93% with critics. I thought this was Cam, but I, I'd never seen it. I just, All right, it's 2 3. Been. Number three. After Shade's building is hit by a missile during the Iran Iraq War, a superstitious neighbor suggests that the missile was cursed and might be carrying. Malevolent, thank you, Middle Eastern spirits. She becomes convinced a supernatural force within the building is attempting to possess her daughter Dorsa, and she has no choice but to confront these forces if she is to save herself and her daughter. I've malevolent, I've malevolent, nailed it. Genre, please. Oh, genre, horror, mystery. Thriller. I saw, Director I saw. and title, please. Oh, no. The title <laughs> of the movie is. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say fresh. I feel like this rode the festival circuit pretty high. Interesting. Brennan knows what it is. No, I, dude, I I watched the trailer for it once, and I thought it looked really cool. And then exactly what it is. And then I never. Well, no, and then I I don't know the title. And then I never thought of it again until this. I'm gonna fresh. It is in fact fresh. Guess the percentage. I'm gonna go eighty-three. Oh, I feel like that's a good guess. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go 80. You guys both get awarded the second point. It is at 73%. So Ian, you got it right on the dot with 2K plus ratings directed by, sorry if I butcher this, but it is Babak Anvari. It is the 2016 film Under the Shadow. His highest rated film is Under the Shadow at 99% with critics. I've seen the poster for this for sure. I just, it I is, just have the image of that missile in the house stuck in my head. The poster looks so like CGI and weird to me. I want to see this movie though, and I will now. 
Next we are co. down to the final film, which is our lightning round. Each question is worth two points. No, it's not. It's not. Are you ready? Yes. Makani Young has moved from Hawaii to quiet, small-town Nebraska to live with her grandmother and finish her final year of high school. But as the countdown to graduation begins, she and her classmates are stalked by a killer intent on exposing their darkest secrets to the entire town, terrorizing every victim while wearing a lifelike mask of their own face. With a mysterious past of her own, Makani and her friends must discover the killer's identity before they become victims themselves. Genre horror. Interesting. These are worth two points now each. I feel like this could be a Netflix original or or something that came in on Netflix that's like 32% rotten. I'm I'm 99% sure you're right on that because I think it's a movie from last year. It could be. I don't know. Or it could be something I don't know. I think I'm going to say rotten as well. You guys both get awarded the point. It isn't, or the two points. It is, in fact, rotten. Guess the percentage. Now, if Ian guesses this correct and Brendan doesn't, he will take the lead. If Brendan gets it right or Ian still gets it wrong, it stays the same and Brendan wins. So, Ian, you have to get it right and Brendan has to get it wrong. I think 32 Um, was a good guess. Oh, fuck. 32 is what I'm sticking with. I'm literally shaking right now. Um... What a freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, uh, uh, shit. I'm going to say 35. 36. 36. 36. You both are incorrect, which means Brennan takes this episode. It is at 17%. Oh, wow. 250-plus go ratings directed by Patrick Bryce. Yeah. It is There's Someone Inside Your House, the 2021 film. Uh, Patrick Bryce's highest rated film is Creep, Creep. 2 yeah. at 100% with critics. There's yeah, that one was a stinker. Creep 2 is fucking great. Oh, Creep 2 is... I'm so excited for whatever they're going to do with the third one. Me as well. I own well, both of those films movie. and I love it. It is yeah, an Netflix, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, when you said that, I was like, very, very accurate. I think I watched like 20 minutes of that before shutting it off. Hmm. So for the year so far, we have Ian at four. Brennan is just (laughs) dominating at 16. Kyle at five. Mitch at one. Brennan's like the Patriots, right? Autistic. Where you just expect them to win. and Yeah. But it's not like any fun when they win. Yeah. 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 Oh, I have fun. It is for Brendan. He he literally (laughs) shakes. (laughs) I'm like that. I'm like that guy that who's that guy that plays for the Patriots? Tim Tim Brady. Tim Brandy. Tim Tim Brandy. This is. I'm I'm like Tim Brandy of the Patriots. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Room, the Sir Mix a Lot of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at of Red Room. That's OF Red Room. And check out our Discord where you can come talk about all things horror with other horror fans. You could join our Discord at our Twitter link in our bio. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. It does help. And we're like 99% better than most podcasts out there. So the more ratings, the better. 
That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today with me, we have Brendan, the new blood. Hashtag, that's my monsters. Get it trending. And Ian, with twoies. Twoies, baby. Um, already give a shout out to Michael. Um, what else? What else? Whatever. What, what, uh, good night, little baby birds. My anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Stay spooky. <laughs>